0: And welcome to film inquiries the latest this is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news movie trends and movie releases i'm your host jesse nussman and on the other line you know playing a deadly game of red light green light it's it's christy strauss welcome back
1: <laughs> nicely done yes glad to be here
0: yeah, I was trying to think of a red notice joke I could make, but you know, it's it's kind of hard to come up with something, you know, fun from something so So then boring. you went
1: to Squid Game? Yeah, so instead. then I went to Squid Game cuz yeah. we
0: are we are going to talk a little TV today. We're we're going to we're going to add, you know, uh feed into the the TV inside the the subtitle for this podcast uh on on the logo. So um how are you it's it's been a while i feel like we're getting into like a weird weird introduction but you know we might as well see what's going on in your world
1: why not who cares (laughs) um no i'm i'm good it has been a while yeah i was the last time fast and furious or was it
0: i think i I think we talked about jessica chastain and yes we did we did scenes scenes from a marriage
1: (laughs) yes we did um which i actually still need to watch the final episode of that i don't know what happened so thank you for that reminder. But yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so you're we, we kind of had like a, a bit of a grab bag of of things to talk about today. Um I think I we we debated possibly talking about Belfast, Kenneth Branagh's movie that that came out this past weekend and is kind of being I I correct me if I'm wrong, it sort of seems like it's being sort of like you know, kind of primed to be the 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 big oscar front runner in a C- oscar season that it seems like it's hard to tell it doesn't feel like there's kind of like one movie that's sort of dominating the conversation at this point and there's also like a bunch of stuff that's just uh kind of laying in the in the wakes ready <laughs> to come out um but neither of us saw that so i guess that you just a tbd for a later episode
1: yeah but i think um, it is definitely being kind of groomed in that yeah, way yeah
0: for sure yeah it's like that and then maybe the other two being power of the dog Mm -hmm. and um king richard which i've both seen and think would be like two very different extremes of kind of a best picture winner like a big auteur uh possibly alienating to some viewers dark movie and then like a very like mainstream crowd pleaser with a big movie star performance at its center so interesting spot we could find ourselves in yeah for sure so, the movie that we are going to talk about is is Red Notice, which some a friend of mine sent me a message today saying that, according to Netflix, which who knows what this actually means because Netflix doesn't really provide much context into like how they come up with these 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 rating metrics, but yeah, they're cryptic they're yes, <laughs> red notice is has apparently the biggest ever opening day for a Netflix movie, which you know. What does that mean? Like, does that mean that, like, people, like, did people finish it? Did people just, like, start it? Is it just who clicked on it? Like, that's the questions I need answered from Netflix. Because I always get a little suspicious when they're like, this new Mark Wahlberg movie has been watched by the entire population of the planet four times in the first three hours. And I'm like, I don't, it, this math doesn't check out. I'm no. like, what, what are you talking about? Um, Do you have any kind of hot takes on the the way netflix sort of uh releases their i guess doesn't release their numbers
1: yeah they're always i mean it it's it's weird um i really don't i mean i wouldn't be surprised honestly if red notice was like a big opening day it's still kind of weird to say that because it's like streaming but i don't know i mean what are the factors that go into figuring this out like i don't know how many people actually watch the entire thing it's almost like youtube videos like does it count as a watch like because you know this movie's just not very good so i wouldn't be surprised if some people didn't make it all the way through but i don't know netflix definitely keeps things to themselves and they really they choose they pick and choose their moments to like share these details which is it's a little suspect
0: right and it's it's always like stuff where i'm it might make sense of like red notice was clearly like the number one in their like top 10 chart mm-hmm. this past weekend when I fired it up, but also like a lot of the stuff that they say, like a lot of people are watching. I'm like, I don't I'm not hearing anyone talk about it. And maybe I live in like my own weird little bubble, but like, it is funny whenever they say like, um, you know, a Christmas kiss or some, some like random thing is like, the, the third most streamed movie in the history of the internet or something like that <laughs> and you're like i don't know do that did that many people watch that i have not heard of this thing yeah. um but... i think love
1: hard was on there this this top 10 this week <laughs> that's a christmas random rom-com uh yeah that they it's always to funny too
0: when like a random movie from like 10 years ago that's like not even was a hit is just like oh hey here's this like random like third tier adam sandler movie from like 2011 that's all of a sudden like the eighth <laughs> most streamed movie on that Netflix. like
1: why what what's driving that right We're now
0: right exactly exactly um but i mean i can guess i could see why there would be a a mass market yeah. uh attention for red notice because it is a big glossy um heist action movie with Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds and, and Gal Gadot which three people I'm very excited to talk to you about and who I've been like <laughs> having long conversations with people about all weekend in, in in just the sense of like these three really are we sure um so we'll get into that in a moment but I I one bit of news that I did want to bring into this is Uh, I don't know how aware you were of this movie before it came out, but there was like a lot of uh, talk about it in the press about how this was the most expensive movie project that Netflix had invested in. And there was this like big bidding war a few years back over which studio was going to get the rights to this movie. And I think those three stars were already attached and Netflix ended up winning out in the bidding war and paid like, well over 200 million dollars to make this movie um you know and they've done you know big projects before like the irishman i think was very expensive but you know i i, I think there was a, a bit of sort of like skeptical anticipation of this and just people knowing uh at least in sort of the entertainment press that this was something that apparently netflix had sort of shoveled a lot of money into and sort of viewed as oh this is going to be a big a hot title for us to have on our streaming service and it's not like a prestige vehicle like Roma or the Irishman it's more sort of in the line of like when they did uh what was that Will Smith movie where like it's him and the there's like ogres that live in Los Angeles (laughs) or something (laughs)
1: um yeah bright isn't yeah Uh, yeah that wasn't that wasn't so good I actually didn't know about that until uh today I was actually reading about how the budget was like ridiculous and Mm. um it's kind of interesting too you know not to sound like conspiracy but it's they they make a point of talking about how this is like the number one opening Uh, and it also happens to be the movie that they spent the most money on but uh you know yeah yeah
0: it's 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 not i think too far-fetched to say there might be a little bit of numbers fudging i mean Mm. i i won't say that's that's because you know i'm not going to misreport anything on here but you know if if someone out there wants to suspect that happens i wouldn't say that's the most far-fetched suspicious uh opinion to have but um i'm curious what you thought of like the actual movie <laughs> um i would say i thought this was i i felt a little bit of having like an existential crisis after watching this um but maybe maybe i'm overreacting am i no no no
1: i not at all (laughs) not at all i think that perfectly uh capsulates the way i felt after um it was just it made me very sad (laughs) maybe it's it's not a movie that should be doing that because it's like this high you know energy buddy like kind of buddy cop but buddy criminal uh duo comedy and it's just it just made me sad and it's there's so many like stars in it and it's just it just fails it's just bad and and it's at this point i feel like it's like ryan reynolds playing ryan reynolds and dwayne johnson playing Dwayne johnson like mm-hmm. they just like always stick to this i don't know and, and it works for them obviously because they're very highly paid and continue to be in movies but they just i don't know i'm not enjoying i wasn't enjoying them on screen um i mean there was a few like moments i think i laughed i think there was a few laughs in there but i don't i don't don't think i laughed a single time (laughs) it probably was at them versus right (laughs) intentionally like what they wanted us to do um and then like towards the end of the movie i just kind of got like bored with it uh i think it was trying to be much smarter than it actually was yes say that
0: i think this is the kind of movie that like it does not help to sort of like break down kind of the. I, I I don't think we're sort of doing ourselves any favors by like breaking down kind of the the plot mechanics and storytelling of this. Mm. I mean this this is a this is in the the sort of lineage of movies where it's like you are seeing big stars kind of just bounce off each other. Like like you are there for the the movie star. Um, you know it is it is a, a great version of this would be like the oceans movies. Yeah. Of like the oceans movies. I like. If I tried to explain like the plot of like Oceans Twelve to someone, it probably doesn't make sense. But it's just sort of like, oh, it's all these like charismatic movie stars all on screen together, and they just like look really hot and are like in Europe and are stealing pulling stuff, yeah, yeah. And and it's just sort of like a fun hang. And so that's the vibe I feel like this movie yeah. is going
1: for. But then and it in- pulled a lot from Oceans Twelve, actually
0: yeah it. i did forget i mean going back to like the i don't remember like the specific mechanics of oceans 12 but as much as i do really like that movie like that i guess they are trying to steal an egg like a, a in that yes
1: movie. and there's like dueling uh like you know thieves uh like one one oh. upping the other and like yeah it's actually quite similar
0: Wow, yep. yeah, I'm glad you made that connection. That's that's a, a perfect, like, better version of this. Um, So, yeah, I think this is a movie that, or a kind of movie that lives and dies on who are the movie stars at its center. And I'm really excited for us to l- just unpack our feelings about these three movie stars because a bit of my existential crisis at the end of watching this was like, this is it these are who our movie stars are we're like we are in like dire dire straits if we if these are our like three biggest movie stars right. um and we maybe i don't necessarily, yeah <laughs> and maybe i don't necessarily believe that's that's true but mm-hmm. you know if if these are the the sort of three people that can we can like sell a movie like this on um I don't know. I, th- none of these three people do anything for me and I'm I'm fascinated to talk more about them as, as as movie star personas and and what maybe does or doesn't work for either of us about them. Who do you want to talk about first? <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's let's go with The Rock cuz I actually finally watched Jungle Cruise too. I did a double dose of wow. The Rock, which actually is a better movie in my opinion uh than Red Notice. <laughs> if only by default though <laughs> <laughs> well at least it's like i don't know at least it's like trying to have fun with itself like this i don't know and that also goes downhill but i mean i i definitely enjoyed it in comparison and i wouldn't have expected that but i yes. thought I, like i actually maybe smiled once maybe yes. maybe but yeah so, <laughs> so let's what, go with him
0: yeah so what what do you think about dwayne johnson as 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 a movie star and i'll say dwayne johnson because i i feel like i read somewhere the other day that the wwe is now suing people for using the rock or something like
1: like really? that the
0: way yeah something like that i could be wrong but um yeah i guess there's like some sort of licensing with like they technically own that name but um i think we're safe on this podcast but <laughs> yeah. um but yeah what what are your thoughts on on dwayne johnson who i guess has has been trying to be a movie star or been a movie star since like the early 2000s pretty much
1: yeah i honestly i think i i even might have said this when we did the the fast and furious combo but i uh i just have never really been a fan Mm -hmm. (laughs) can't say I, i i just he's uh obviously like i said being you know, Dwayne Johnson, I just feel like he's very one note. Um, and it's just not one that I often like to play. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, I, first of all, I mean, I, I love a good action film, which is primarily what he does, but he has done so many movies that are just like Rampage and oh, that one where he's like hanging between the buildings. I can't even think of the name of it Skyscraper. Skyscraper. <laughs> oh, geez. Like, it's, they're just so ridiculous. And it's, I, I mean, I guess there's audience for it because mm-hmm. it keeps happening, but. I don't get it. And I know at one point he was like one of the highest paid actors, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's, that sounds about right. Um, I mean, I think he is someone that sort of frustrates me as a movie Mm -hmm. star, if only because I, I don't think he has ever quite reached his potential. Yeah. Um, like he, he is someone it, he's clearly developed this persona around being very, lovable and very winking that's really only like Mm, winking yes in the last kind of like five or six years or so i mean we you emily and i like talked about on the the fast and furious episode like even the the fast five where he enters the franchise he's still taking it like very seriously like that star persona has not even been fully developed by that movie and that's like what 2011 2012 that movie comes out Mm -hmm. um and so I think he has sort of become I think as he's he's whittled that that persona on screen. I think he's sort of chipped away at any kind of potential edginess um in order for this sort of like I I think of him as a movie star like an Instagram influencer or something yeah, like Yeah, no that.
1: that's actually well well it, said. It feels like
0: the brand of Dwayne Johnson is is so kind of um tightly managed and and so um
1: yeah, he needs to break free he needs right. to he needs to push himself and and out of his out of his comfort zone i think and, and try something different
0: yeah like a, a great example of this that i was talking with someone about the other day is like arnold schwarzenegger like mm-hmm. another schwarzenegger was a bodybuilder not a wrestler but you know someone who kind of their their image on screen for a long time is this like impossibly large very muscular man on mm-hmm. screen. Um but I feel like while Dwayne Johnson I would say is like 10 times the actor Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. ever was and has like more charisma in like his pinky than probably Schwarzenegger's entire body. But Schwarzenegger whether it was his own willingness to sort of work with people like this or maybe just the problem is there's not someone like this to work with a Dwayne Johnson anymore. Schwarzenegger was able to find people like Paul Verhoeven or James Cameron who could sort of use that persona in really interesting ways. And I don't know whether it's because like, who is the next James Cameron? Like, does that person even exist anymore? Or whether the problem is that Dwayne Johnson is almost sort of, um, you know, the brand of Dwayne Johnson is almost so, uh, tightly managed and so sort of tightly, um, uh, yeah i'll just go with that just so like <laughs> tightly managed and and
1: and so at, well known and established at this point that it's almost, right right yeah. it's,
0: it's like it's like a you know it is like a, a coca-cola brand or mm-hmm. you know it's like pepsi or something like that like like there is an, an idea to what what dwayne johnson can and can't do in a movie and whether or not he would even allow himself to be used in in a way like that i mean i I think while both of these movies I'm about to mention are terrible, like arguably the most in like interesting outside the box stuff that he's done is that that Michael Bay movie with Mark Wahlberg, Pain and Gain. Mm-hmm. And then there's Southland Tales, which I is I knew like, you were gonna say yeah, which is both of those movies I think are terrible, but are <laughs> are the kind of thing that I wish he would sort of like be more willing to kind of throw his persona mm-hmm. and kind of let someone kind of mold him and find these other interesting aspects to him. Whereas now I feel like it's so it's, it's, it's the sort of non-threatening kind of cuddly Non-offensive persona, yeah, to him,
1: and like um, you said, winking is like perfectly said, and that's what I mean. Like, it just feels like he's the same person almost in every movie, mm. and it's because his brand is so established, and he just is always that. It, it, it's just like I would love to, and those are obviously both bad movies, but I understand like why you'd say them, and I would like it if he did more kind of out of his comfort zone or just changed it up a little bit, wowing somebody like you said a a James Cameron. Um, to kind of mold him into something different, because I do think he has potential. I and I'm you've seen it in different in different movies, but unfortunately, he always goes back to that same like shtick, you know. Yes. And and, and sometimes it's more fun than others. Like it just sometimes works. Um, like I enjoyed the Jumanji.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I I really thought that that was a lot of fun, and and some just. I don't know. It's probably other things that really sometimes his performances work and sometimes they don't like, you know, writing and the movie itself. But um, I would really like to see what else. I won't call him The Rock, even though I think his name appears like all the time. It says Dwayne and and then quotations The Rock. Right. But, you know, well, we'll drop that. Um, I'd like to see him, I don't know, flourish and do something different. But
0: yeah, I think there's also something that about him that is and maybe this is a a larger conversation to have about, I think something that is lacking in or or that our modern day kind of more corporatized movie culture will not quite allow our movie stars to be which is there's there's a sort of lack of there's no sex in our movies anymore. And I don't mean <laughs> and I don't mean like as like, you know, we need to be seeing like a sex scene in every single movie but the, a sort of like charge uh that you get out of a movie star and maybe it's a maybe it's chemistry is what i'm getting at mm. and like the thing i'm glad that you kind of got a chance to watch jungle cruise because i remember one of the sort of issues i had with that is like
1: the chemistry he, he has yeah. no
0: chemistry with emily <laughs> no. blunt and i think part of it is like the that like the Rock is not a, is like a very muscular large man, but the Rock is not allowed to sort of be sexy. He needs to mm. be sort of cuddly and and warm and sort of cartoony. And that's also a problem in Red Notice which him and there's some, you know, supposed to be very like charged flirty scenes with him and Gal Gadot and it's kind of like watching two lampposts flirt with each other
1: (laughs) when they're dancing and it's like oh yeah like trying to be sexy it's not yeah it's two (laughs) lampposts
0: yes exactly and and like i i want to credit um comedian griffin newman who I, i think it was on twitter he put put this out but he was like how how much better do you think jungle cruise would be if it was oscar isaac and not dwayne johnson like if it was someone who like oscar isaac just as exudes the like captain,
1: <laughs> yeah like sexiness yeah right
0: <laughs> right could m- maybe had like a little bit more sexy chemistry with emily blunt but also you know oscar isaac you could kind of like see him as like a scuzzy tugboat captain whereas dwayne <laughs> johnson like th- there's always has to and this is a similar thing schwarzenegger had there always has to be this thing of like so, why is this guy this big? And, like, isn't this kind of a joke that there's, like, a human being this large or something like that? <laughs> um, and maybe that's a reason, like, him and Emily... Im- like, the movie can't let it is like distracting. Want, have chemistry.
1: It yeah, is distracting. because. it's, cause it's like- just <laughs> Like, why are you so big? Do you need to be this big? How is this possible? And no, they don't have chemistry that um, she's actually kind of charming in the film, which I think helps to make it more fun. But um, which I would like to say that she always is. But there is a movie called Wild Mountain Time that exists. That proves it that's not Is true. That the one
0: where she falls in love with the bee. that's all i'll say
1: <laughs> exactly okay. oh it's so bad um but yeah they don't have chemistry and actually i wasn't sure if that movie was definitely going to go the route of them like falling in love and i was just like you didn't even have to i mean it's, it doesn't feel right and also just even back and forth the banter and the same thing goes for red notice like him like you said two lampposts like the There's just no, I don't know, even her, honestly, who is obviously incredibly attractive, Mm -hmm. um, is like somehow less sexy in this movie, if that makes any sense.
0: No, that makes total sense. I mean, it is it is there's a a sort of personality and swagger to it that that Mm -hmm. has to to be there and yeah, I, and it just I think, doesn't
1: translate for sure yeah
0: and I think that's something that's not part of the Dwayne Johnson persona if only because the Dwayne Johnson persona is, is kind of as we mentioned earlier it's this sort of wink winking like isn't it ridiculous that like someone like this exists in the world and him kind of leaning into that mm-hmm. um which is maybe is a good transition point to Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. who I, I his his whole persona I think since deadpool Mm -hmm. because i would argue the movies were trying to and hollywood as a whole was trying to shove ryan reynolds down our our throats for many many years and (laughs) and and it was just like you know audiences were just like regurgitating it back up like no no i don't want this like there's, there's a lot of flops and of sort of like weird trying to make ryan reynolds leading man whether it's in like a raunchy comedy or a rom-com or a superhero movie like the green lantern that's mm. right yes yeah that's the name of that one <laughs> it is um and it i feel like it isn't until deadpool that his persona gets sort of like finely tuned to being like ryan reynolds is essentially the like robots in mystery science theater. Like his like he as a movie star is sort of sitting outside of the movie and is sort of actively just sort of like pointing and mocking and like throwing in a joke everywhere um to sort of like make fun of the movie that he is in um yeah i don't, I don't know what are kind of your brian reynolds thoughts? yeah
1: if if the rock's like you know winking he's like smirking or you yes. know perfect perfect <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's i don't know there's something about his career that is is kind of a bummer to me as well because i do think he's he can be like really really hilarious um mm-hmm. i've seen it many times and i do feel like i like deadpool too but i do feel like ever since that it's been he's been kind of put into that box and now that's just like all he does is is this character and even when he's playing a art thief um i feel like this could have been deadpool (laughs) like i mean you know maybe this was what he did before he had the accident and became deadpool um you know it's not it doesn't feel anything different to me and it's it just seems like he comes out with a lot of like i also like free guy and I just feel like he's the same person in all of these movies. And it's unfortunate because I have seen him like I actually really liked him when he was in uh like buried was a good movie. Like I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's been some roles that have been a little bit more um dramatic or I don't know, just different style, I guess. Cause it seems like he's either doing he went through a very large stretch of rom coms for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: definitely. Um,
1: and there was like a, you know, maybe like I think definitely maybe was kind of sweet, but a lot of them were not very good and then there was just like ripd which is just one of the worst movies ever oh yeah yeah that exists um and like other ones like that um like safe house and i don't even know all the names of those and i just uh and of course the green (laughs) um oh that movie but i just feel like he's someone that I wish would also make other career decisions. And because I do think he can, he is a good actor and I just feel like he gets stuck in the same kind of rut as the rock, you know, and they're just winking and smirking back and forth.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) and I think I've gotten a little, I guess maybe a little, a little fatigued of, um the whole kind of like, at least our, our male movie stars, I think have to be, um, I think have to be wisecracking now yes and and there there is almost like you know i'm someone who loves to laugh i i and i don't like a lot of like oppressively bleak things but Mm -hmm. there is um an aspect to a lot of blockbusters that sometimes a lot of the humor feels forced in and feels like we need a pop culture joke every every 15 minutes or something like that um you know this was something kind of uh i think on our our previous episode when uh rowan and i talked about eternals and some of the like weird forced humor in that that just felt like from a completely different movie because that's almost been like uh you know a, an aspect of the the marvel movies that has to continue as we need like a certain brand of humor in there and i think that's kind of how we've gotten stars like Dwayne johnson or Ryan Reynolds or a Chris Pratt, even though Chris Pratt's trying to be a little bit more straight now, or Robert Downey Jr., which I, I love Robert Downey Jr., but fitting into that, like someone needs to be kind of like wisecracking, yeah. and kind of pointing out the absurdity of the movie as you're watching it. And I think that could be fun, but I think there's a way in which that's become the only kind of, of male movie stardom that
1: we get. Yeah, for sure. And then in this movie, there's two people doing it. But yeah, Ryan Reynolds is like always doing that for sure. Like you don't need to make like a little wisecracking joke after like every single thing that you do. I think even in the first like action sequence when he's like – um running from people and doing ridiculous things that are just that don't make any sense um like he's on like a scaffolding and yes. i think he's like literally making jokes after every person he like pushes <laughs> he's yes. wisecracking it just it's unnecessary for sure
0: he feels kind of out outside of this movie yeah he, you know he feels like he isn't even a part of the story It's just sort of like this this <laughs> this sort of like fourth dimensional being <laughs> that is just sort of like existing in the movie but is not part of the movie and is just sort of like <laughs> forcing in a joke after every like 3 seconds or something and and so i i don't know there's an aspect to that part of his persona where like i think it's really funny in small doses um you know like my thing i've always said about the deadpool movies is like i think the deadpool marketing is always really funny and creative and then the movies become a little excruciating for me because it's yeah. that over two hours or something um so i i don't i don't know i mean it uh, it sounds like reynolds is maybe also stepping back from acting because he like owns a cell phone company or something like that um <laughs> and has like other ventures but um i don't know i've just i've never been fully on the ryan reynolds experience and and i think it is his persona has become this this just being that is sort of in the movie if only to sort of point out how dumb the movie is that you're watching and a and <laughs> fourth can be fun- dimensional
1: being right <laughs> Uh, I think, honestly, like the trajectory of both of them is is very similar in the sense that they like early, you know, I, I think the first thing I ever saw him, it was like Van Wilder, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, and I thought, you know, he was hilarious in that. But I feel like it's it's like as he started to get famous, just kind of like Deadpool time, that that whole shtick. They're like, okay, that's what you are. That's what you're gonna do. That's your brand. Right. Just like with The Rock, when like he hit like where he was going, it's like, okay, that's your brand. That's where you're going. And so it's like in small doses it works, but when it's just the entire movie, it it's you know, it's too much. And like um a Ryan Reynolds movie I actually love is the voices. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever saw the voices i didn't okay well that's one go watch that one instead (laughs) instead of red notice um and that's yeah he's actually like a a killer but um it's uh he has a talking cat and yeah it's it's a whole thing but it's it's definitely a weirder movie and probably why i liked it because i feel like it was a little different for him and kind of the same thing with him in the rock i just wish they would take more chances and not be so much in this like cookie cutter uh you know brand that they have but yeah so let's let's talk
0: about gal gadot mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce it right gal it's Godot. because i've heard people say godot godot i'm always I'm... afraid i'm going to mispronounce it like on a podcast and clu- clearly i already have maybe right
1: well you said both options so i think either yes. way even now you got it right at once um <laughs>
0: Yeah, you and I kind of got to have a conversation about her because we did an episode on the, the Wonder Woman sequel that came out last Christmas. And I'll I'll just say I remember walking out of the first Wonder Woman movie, which I enjoyed. I've mm-hmm. n- not seen it since it came out in theaters, which maybe is it's due some some revisionism. Um, but I remember walking out being like, We we got one we got we like this is a movie star she just sort of like holds the screen and just has this um like magnetic presence that like i mean regardless of her beauty she just sort of like she can carry a movie yeah. of this size she commands
1: the yeah the screen she, for sure She really
0: just sort of has full command o- over your attention as an audience member and I've been a little let down of of like her project she's done since, and I kind of have to pose it as a question, which is like, are we sure are we are we sure Gal Gadot <laughs> is is a movie star? Because I think, um, I've I've sort of had to rewire reassess, my brain, and, yeah, yeah, or reassess like what made her good in the first Wonder Woman movie, but maybe does not translate to any of the other roles that she um, has been a part of. And maybe there is this like one specific aspect to her presence as, as a screen performer that was so perfect for that role in that specific movie, but does not fit nearly any other role that she's tried to, um, to take on, which, you know, this, I think she's trying to do much more of like a femme fatale thing here, Mm -hmm. but she just she's there's something about her that just feels sort of like wooden in everything yes. that I've seen since. Even I think we kind of talked about it a bit with the Wonder Woman sequel. Mm. Um <laughs> and I I think there's an aspect to her that there is this kind of like otherworldly presence about her that I think really worked for the first Wonder Woman movie especially since it was kind of like a fish out of water story and there there is something kind of uh, similar to kind of like Dwayne Johnson's like giant muscular body, there is something like kind of when you look at Gal Gadot, you're like, is that a real person? Like, right? Someone like, yeah. That, it made sense kind of like, when she
1: was Wonder Woman because she was like <laughs> otherworldly. Right. Who,
0: yes, who who could you could look at and be like, I buy that as just like a god-like being mm-hmm. that came from like a magical island or something like that. Yeah. But then I think. I would just like i said whenever she has tried to sort of venture out from that i i there's something kind of wooden about her as a performer and she doesn't quite have the the same sort of versatility as as i think uh i sort of was hoping she would
1: yeah and i i feel the same way when i I mean, I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman and I actually rewatched it before watching the sequel last year, Mm -hmm. um, which just made it even more obvious how bad the sequel was (laughs) when you when you put them back. uh, Yeah. Anyway, but she uh, there's just something about it in the first movie and maybe it is. I don't know what the factors are, but it's her. She's very magnetic in that movie, and mm-hmm. she really commands the screen. And I remember seeing it for the first time thinking like, wow, because um, I, I was like, who is this? She's fantastic, perf- perfectly cast. Um, And I wasn't that familiar with her. Even like I was like, isn't she in Fast and Furious? Yeah, she was a Fast and Furious, but I, I I don't think she really stood out in in those movies Um, as no, much, it was, though it worked it got more a very
0: small, small part in those movies. I'd Yeah. Say.
1: But um but yeah and then I, I don't know, it's it's kind of similar in, in a lot of ways, the three <laughs> these three actors because she is also like now it's like they're trying to always have her be like this like certain performances or it seem like they're trying to mimic what Wonder Woman did, but just can't. Um whereas she's like the, you know, obviously very attractive. Um obviously there's like the femme fatale thing here, but like, you know, often like an action star or something of that. You know variety, I guess, and it just doesn't work. Um, even you know in Wonder Woman, even in like Justice League, I didn't love her, and you know, like mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. It must be something about the actual potentially like the writing and directing, maybe brings something out in her, or I don't know. But she's also someone that I would love to see make a movie that's not as on brand and see what she can do because i it is a good question are we sure is she is she definitely a movie star because it's i'm I'm not sold on it
0: yeah i'm not and 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 maybe this is a way to kind of like tie up our thoughts on on red (laughs) notice which is i think we kind of unpacked the the movie star persona of all three of these people but just the biggest problem with the movie is you're you're sort of hinging the kind of like meat of this movie on getting to watch these three quote-unquote movie stars interact and bounce off each other on screen and it's awkward they they don't yeah they don't have any chemistry with each other i mean we we mentioned that kind of like reynolds feels like he is as i said a fourth dimensional (laughs) being that is just sort of like in the movie but like not a part of the story and just sort of commenting on everything yeah the
1: rock feels like he's just trying to outdo himself in every scene like i don't even know (laughs) yeah
0: and and gal gal gadot feels you know straining to try and yeah Yeah. that that's that's actually the perfect thing that i was on the tip of my tongue that i couldn't quite think of is like everything i've kind of seen her in it it feels like there was something so effortless about that first wonder Mm -hmm. woman movie her in there and everything else she's been in it feels like you you can see the the I am trying to act and I am making choices at every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a bit here where she like tries to I forget the song, but she tries to like sing at one point as she is torturing someone and Oh yeah. You, 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 you can just see the like you you see the process in action but yeah um as, it's like as... when
1: it's like one of those times when you're watching a movie and it you really think about how you're watching a movie like you're like okay yes yes, yes. <laughs> this these are just yeah i feel like that was all three of them in this in this film definitely like, it, it's just not it does not work and just because you like pack in three you know top billing celebrity stars does not make a good movie i think that's proof of that
0: yeah the, and and we kind of touched on like there is supposed to be a bit of you know the rock and ryan reynolds definitely don't have chemistry with each other because even their their meta-ness like mm-hmm. the rock is sort of embracing the meta-ness and the the ryan reynolds character is sort of mocking the meta-ness if that yeah makes it's sense. almost
1: like cringy a few times like the dialogue between them i was yeah. just like
0: oh and, and then the sort of like you know tension and sexual chemistry between the rock and gal gadot like i said there just there isn't any and it, it feels like to you know this movie just trying to kind of like force these two big inanimate together. objects to uh yeah, and get the and and think like oh they're you know these are famous people like they're supposed to be charges there but there's just not yeah. and, and and you can feel the awkwardness of them not clicking and not being fully in sync it's, with each it's other.
1: very very awkward that's i think the perfect word like like there's that one scene like i said that they're dancing and of course they're both just like amazing dancers because that's what always happens in movies right? right um but they it's like very stiff and, yes. and awkward and yes. it's, it's these two like basically sculpted you know like um out of marble like you know perfect female and male and yet they're like it, it it's like two sticks like, right. like, like two lampposts just like twirling around on the dance floor it just feels so awkward
0: well i think i think wrapping up red notice because i i think we really don't have much much more to say i think other than except just... i think
1: they're trying to make it like at the end like a sequel, like it could be a sequel like Ugh. they leave it like there's like a mission at the end like something that comes up please don't do it please no more please Um, please, please no
0: more um maybe a fun game to play to to wrap up this conversation is you so you keep the movie the same as what it is like you know same script same plot you can even say same director but just who what three stars are you putting in in replace of these three people that you're like, I'm, I'm sold? Maybe this is a little bit of like a, a thinking question that I'm throwing on you a little last minute, <laughs> which is unfair because I thought about this a little bit yesterday. But um, Yeah,
1: way to prepare me. <laughs> yeah, sorry about
0: that. But I'm curious, do you have anyone off the top of your head that you're like, okay, if I switch any of these people into these spots, then now I think all of a sudden we have like a really exciting movie.
1: Well, it's interesting because like the first p- two people that came in my head are ones that kind of already did um, like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Like the, oh, those, uh-huh. like I are like, maybe because of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like there's a, there's like a similar kind of tone that they go, they're go they going for in that movie. And it works because Definitely. there's obviously like a lot of chemistry. Of course, they got married and you know all that. That's, but
0: that's the, that's the movie, that's the movie that the affair was them. happening on. <laughs> right.
1: um, and also I just think Pitt can do that like obviously we've seen in oceans too so like I, I think he could do that uh very well I, I don't know i'd be i'm trying to think of like the ryan reynolds character who I, that would I, be i thought of
0: maybe like this is a weird pick but but ryan gosling and specifically like ryan gosling like in um the nice guys that movie right. he was in with russell Crowe. like that feels like the right kind of like neurotic energy but also you know is is maybe a bit feels a bit more involved in the movie mm. um and then you know my other picks like in the rock role like put will smith in that role that's like a perfect like w- late, late yeah. stage will smith part and then you know in the gal gadot part like what what if we put charlize theron in there or or um, uh
1: anna um Darmus? Darmus 70
0: Oh, yeah, that's great. See, I didn't even think about that i mm. is it my other one was going to be um or or okay this is this is the other one I was thinking of, so like Will Smith also has great chemistry with Margot Robbie from mm. like you, you know, especially that they were obviously in the suicide squad movie together, but I'm specifically thinking of like those two in um I believe it's focus is like yeah. the heist movie with both of them, like. I, I think if you put both of them in those two parts, then all of a sudden, like you know, that dance scene becomes like ten million times hotter if it's Will Smith and Margot Robbie dancing, yeah. than The Rock and Gal Gadot. So I could see that fun, I, fun plan. Maybe something to put in the like comments on the uh, on
1: yeah. this podcast and episode. I, and I like Gosling too. I was actually yeah. thinking like someone a little bit different, like a like a just. Um, like a Jason Bateman.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have it a, b- a little bit like smug and annoyed as opposed to like, uh, meta and calling things out. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
1: I That's that good. Be... I like, I that. think we just, we just recasted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> red notice, you know, you can make red notice to Netflix, but you know, let's just, uh, we'll just be like, Hey, they're played by different people now. and <laughs> That's what we got. Uh so before we kind of go you and I wanted to talk about some some TV. Mm-hmm. Uh we're both watching Succession which yes. is in the conversation for I think maybe my current my favorite current running television series. Um yes. what what are your thoughts on kind of the new season cuz we're halfway through I believe right now. I just yeah. watched the fifth episode this morning.
1: Yeah, I watched it last night. Um yeah I'm I'm enjoying it. I love it yes <laughs> I, I can't seem to to get enough of it and it's a show I actually didn't watch until um during the the pandemic actually like I I had always I'd heard that it was you know good and everything but I was just like oh, I don't know if that'll really interest me and then I binged it like <laughs> very fast um and so I was really like anxiously awaiting this new season and it's just awesome it's such a good cast it's so funny um there's a lot of them are so horrible <laughs> just not good people though i uh you know cousin greg is is always going to be like my favorite
0: <laughs> although i like even that this season you know and, and it really shows in this most recent episode that you know they're they're not just sort of keeping greg as like you know the sweet no land, no he's starting to family. come
1: out of that yeah for right sure. he,
0: he is just as sort of like manipulative and nefarious and kind of out for his own skin as like kindle is or shiv is yeah and... i think
1: tom has definitely taught him to be more of that which i love yes. their dynamic it, yeah some of their scenes are just <laughs> the best um they're two of my favorite characters and i've loved Kieran koken like forever pretty much since he had to go easy on the pepsi and um Home alone <laughs> It's a home alone drawback reference, but um, yeah,
0: yeah, he I think he's thus far maybe like the m v p of this season mm-hmm. um for me though i I really just think this is I think the thing, aside from the writing, which is so good, and I think Jesse Armstrong and the the rest of the writers on this show just clearly know these characters inside and out. And as well as like know these actors inside and out and can Mm -hmm. write specifically to their gifts but this is one of the just like pound for pound best casts i think in a series in a long time like in in terms of even down to the like small bit players and the like guest stars they bring on like that i don't think you could find a single false note like even the sopranos like arguably the greatest TV show ever. Like there were still like performances on that show where you were like, I don't know, this is kind of bad. Like th- this one person, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the, the AJ soprano character that people always like beat up on of like, I forget that actor's name, but you know, not really being the the highlight of that show. But I, I don't really think there's a single false note in, in this cast at all.
1: No, they definitely nail it. Um, And like you said, even like small bit characters or people that come in and kind of back occasionally we will be in an episode everybody works really well and of course brian cox is just amazing (laughs) um also just
0: having an incredible press tour have you because i guess he's got a book out too have you been like reading some of the like him and ridley scott are clearly like two old older men who have clearly just entered a point in life where their career is successful enough where they are just sort of like shooting people with like marksman level precision in the press and <laughs> it is like so funny but also like savage the like
1: no but just, now like, i'm intrigued throwing. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> brian, would've, brian would've, cox would've... has some like he has some spicy takes about like some people in the industry which Interesting. is like, pretty, pretty funny and to, he's making
1: that see. in between his mcdonald's commercials He's like right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Something like ever since, even though I've seen Brian Cox on screen for so long, I I now associate him as like Logan Roy. So when I first heard the McDonald's one and he did like the ba up ba ba, it just seems so sinister. Now it's like because I'm picturing Logan Roy doing. It's like what's he up to? What is he doing here? This seems you know suspicious. But I am definitely going to look into the the saltiness of brian cox and his opinions on hollywood for sure you said he has yeah. a book coming out is it like a book complaining about hollywood i think what? he just
0: has like a memoir or something coming out and so uh, you know he's got some sort of reflections on people like edward norton or kind of like throwing daggers at quentin tarantino but also being like but if he called I'm like i'm not stupid i'm gonna like pick up the phone or something like that and hear him <laughs> out so <Ooh>. all, all <laughs> kinds of like fun stuff like that yeah, um, i guess
1: when you do reach a certain age you just kind of like yeah screw it i've been in this <laughs> i've i am um, i'm working i've been working for a long time i have stuff to say i'm gonna just let it, let loose
0: yeah i mean that's basically the like as i mentioned like R- ridley scott is now like saying <laughs> hold my beer after reading some of the brian cox stuff not that like ridley scott's getting like thrown down but like ridley is just coming out here with the like scorched earth level (laughs) takes on everything from everything from like do you like superhero movies to um hey Noah Hawley's gonna do an alien series what do you think of that to hey some people thought it was weird that like there weren't any French accents in the last duel and my man's just got some some really blunt upfront things to say about all of all of those and more
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have seen some of his.
0: <laughs> I think the the last dual French one was he just had like a go f yourself if that's your complaint was like his <laughs> comeback. But um, and and it's even exciting to see on the show that like you know I think last week was the the Adrian Brody episode, which you know mm-hmm. this there's there's a pretty deep bench of guest stars on. Yeah, this and season. yes,
1: Adrian Brody is still working. yes in case you were worried. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's and, never in anything.
0: An actorly work. I mean, I just saw him in the the French Dispatch, which he's kind of like one of the funnier people in in that movie. If you oh, I want to see that. I
1: haven't. No, but
0: um, but yeah, and and it kind of just seems like like I don't know if he'll be back this season, but it just sort of seems like Adrian Brody was probably just a fan of the show and like mm-hmm. it's not like a huge character, but it was just sort of like yeah, I'll come on and like do we can shoot this like one episode in the Hamptons, yeah, um. I I am curious to kind of get your thoughts on like the one complaint I will have about this show that I largely still really love and think is still kind of firing on all cylinders is you can kind of tell that this is a season that was like shot during the pandemic if that makes any sense of so mm-hmm. it it feels very confined in a way yes and it very feels contained like a, yeah yeah it absolutely. feels like a lot of it is like no more than like two or three characters in a room or like the whole season feels very confined yeah. yeah to like one conference room or something like that or like three or four very um specific locales whereas like season two i i think which is i think still the best season we'll see where this mm-hmm. one goes but part of the fun of season two was like each episode was a new like crazy exotic locale and and yeah. it was sort of like you know the the sort of uh even though these are terrible rich people that you know a certain sort of like visual pleasure you get out of like oh it's this like show that knows no international boundaries and like yeah each each episode can be its own kind of unique bottle episode in a new exotic location um and this season it, it 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 feels i can you can see a little bit of the seams i think especially in like that adrian brody episode of like yeah the decision to like does it does it make sense for them they need to go on this like long little hike to out in the <laughs> wherever that is yeah. in the the hamptons i guess to like iron through um you know whether or not adrian brody is going to like uh sell his shares or something right. and throw the company in disarray but of like that makes sense as like hey can w- what if we did this outside and then we can right. kind of like get rid of some covid restrictions and stuff and it'll be a little easier to do um as opposed but and it might not make total sense as a story um but i i say that still really enjoying it but yeah. I, it, has that been something you've kind of picked up on because the last few episodes have just sort of been like oh i this this really feels like they kind of had to like shoot around the constraints of what you can and can't do
1: yeah COVID. yeah absolutely and you know obviously with with this show, like so much of it is just the characters and the dialogue and and the you know kind of tension and back and forth, so you know watching them just in a room <laughs> kind of squabbling is is always entertaining, yes. um but it definitely feels different like you know last season, there was a lot of international locales, and then there's also you know on the on the yacht and like mm-hmm. I don't know there was just something. And it is it's, it is almost like, you know, these are rich people and it, it shows that extravagance a little bit, too. And it allows you to have these more exotic locations. And now it seems like a lot of uh, like the last one was like the conference seems like a lot in the office. The mm-hmm. Hamptons thing was weird, honestly. Um, So I think that you can see that coming through. Fortunately, it isn't really like a hindrance on the show because they're mm. just also like captivating but i can definitely see that and feel that and yeah last season i think might have been the best i mean it had boar on the floor so (laughs) Uh,
0: and and the the what's the the greg testifying in front of congress the like if it is to be said so it shall be yes (laughs) Uh. um do you have kind of like an mvp a uh, cast member for this season thus far is someone that you think like as much as everyone's really firing on all cylinders, someone who's just like maybe popping off like a little extra this. season. Yeah. I, I
1: think I would agree that it's uh, that it's Kieran Culkin. I just yeah. think he, I mean, I like, Love everything he says. <laughs> like he's just always like so hilarious and such like good delivery. And there's this obviously very interesting dynamic with him and Jerry. Yeah, that's just like weird and yet fascinating. And like what you know, it's uh, it's, <laughs> and also the whole relationships with these siblings are are just so funny. Like you know, Connor mm-hmm. is basically just like there. He's, like, he's kind of like the yeah. joke. And it,
0: it, it is funny, even like this most recent episode that aired to to see that there is while Connor presents himself as this very like outwardly positive and kind of warm person. There's like a sinister side to him, too, because I, I forget there's like
1: the a president. Bit, yeah, like there's yes. like
0: a bit where he's like asking his dad for something and it he all of a sudden just sort of even with that still like goofy grin on his face and sweetness very quickly turns it to like and you should probably help me out because i got some some dirt that i could throw that'll oh, make right. things yeah, extra probably... <laughs> difficult for you and yeah and so it it is funny to see especially these season this season like even the characters like connor and greg that you know we've thought of as more of, kind of the kind of like lovable doofuses of the show mm-hmm. are actually like willing to kind of get there they're they're just as sort of ruthless and dirty but are maybe doing it with more of a sort of like sheen of politeness or you know the way that greg uh kind of approaches his grandfather in this most mm. recent episode yes. is like this is the same like manipulative strategy that like Kendall and shiv do yeah but it's, it's un- rubbing
1: off on him <laughs> yes
0: but it's un- in this more kind of like lovable sort of like i'm i'm so innocent and kind of like puppy dog way.
1: Yeah. I guess. And everybody in the show is like has that ability to mm-hmm. be like kind of sinister and manipulative. They're always just like on the precipice of that. And so many of them obviously like go back and forth screwing each other over. But it's interesting how much the the kids, um actually Connor maybe the least, want to always like impress their father. Like mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like even Kendall like you know they're obviously at each other right now but in that's like Hampton's episode um you could see how he does care and he like he you know he still I feel like wants his wants that connection and in like season two when he was like under his thumb for a long time Mm -hmm. you know um there's just something so manipulative about Brian Cox's character and I think Kieran's actually the one that it shows the most like he really does want his dad to like you know boost him up and uh show him attention and um I feel like his kind of they all seem very cocky and confident but Kieran Culkin's character I I feel like recently has felt a little bit more like some there's been some cracks there like more vulnerable than we originally saw him right which I like
0: yeah and and that's definitely something that you know we see continuously with with Shiv's character as well yeah of of you know thinking she's in the good grace of her father and then getting sort of burned
1: mm-hmm. by yeah, her. Yeah, over and over again. <laughs> like... Yes,
0: but but still feeling this allegiance to him and there there is this sort of fascinating aspect to the I the Shiv may be, to me be like the most interesting character on the show because there's this sort of instability and almost lack of um uh allegiance to other characters that it's like that gives her power. Like, yes to to not to be able to sort of play multiple sides against each other and to like you know that one early episode where kindle was trying to get all the other siblings mm-hmm. to come on board with him and i i forget where i i i read this or saw this but you know in a like great recap of that episode basically just pointing out like shiv's decision is kind of a it's it's a power move it's like yeah. to to accept kindle's invitation is to sort of lose her power which is like you know she is getting a fulfillment out of like people are trying to win her over and Mm -hmm. like her uh support and her vote of confidence has sway and as soon as she sides with someone then she's given that up whether it's her father whether it's Kendall yeah she never
1: really gives an allegiance to anyone but herself like on it like she even with like Tom you know Mm -hmm. her husband like I, I feel like there was you know times in the last season where she was willing to like pretty much have him where she still is like take the fall and everything like that. I just think she's always working for her best interests. Like as much as she also wants like her father and tries to please him and do things. I think she's an interesting character because she's definitely all about Shiv. Yes. Um, and I, I agree with what you said. Everyone is just so good.
0: <laughs> yes, <it's, laughs> they really are. It's great. Uh, well maybe that kind of, we're kind of wrapping ourselves up with time, but, um, mm-hmm. I think we'll definitely have to, have you back to uh to talk about the the finale here in a few weeks um yeah
1: i'm
0: excited to see where the the season goes especially because this i mean based off the first two seasons this show has a real knack for kind of like totally like flipping the cards and 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 turning the tables upside down yes it in, enjoys in, that <laughs> in the back in the especially like the back half of the season
1: yeah, um, which we're entering. So, yeah, so we'll have to see how uh, how much is uh, upended. I'm I'm sure there'll be plenty of shocking moments. They definitely like to do that. And you know, it's something interesting. I never get sick of the consistent music that they use. Like some shows, Whoa. like that, that like always play the same. It gets like annoying. But for some reason, I can't like get enough of it. <laughs> it's I mean, always Nick- Nicholas
0: Patel is, I think, just one of the one of my favorite composers. Mm-hmm working and i mean i you know i don't know if you saw any of the the underground railroad show Mm -hmm. but he you know all of the music he did for that show is just incredible and he you know works a lot with barry jenkins and works a lot with adam mckay i think the the you know he's doing the score for don't look up which is coming out here in another month and yes i um, look
1: forward to that
0: yeah and i i just think he's such a he finds such a great way to um take all of these these motifs and yeah. and sort of um, and it just
1: captures the essence of the show somehow yeah like perfectly.
0: he's able to sort of like rearrange themes and motifs in the the sort of or just the general theme song of the show mm-hmm. which I, is like one of those intros i can never skip because i never like a skip pump it i love it
1: it is a pump up it's like a, a get get a get pumped up mix it's a plus it's just so well done yeah i love the final shot too when it's like young Brian cox and then it goes him sitting in front at the table it's just it's it's done so well
0: yeah so i'm i'm glad you brought up the the score is like a final bit because i i think just the i was thinking about that today like the different ways he's sort of able to rearrange the theme of this show to like Mm -hmm. fit different tones and stuff and and have a more kind of like a whimsical comedy version of it in this most recent episode where like all the characters are kind of running around like chickens with their heads cut (laughs) off, trying to sort of secure this, uh, um, you know, uh,
1: deal. Like, yeah,
0: uh, let's say deal. (laughs) That's the other great thing about the show is I could like not really understand or, you know, I I don't really care about the, the financial details of this, but you, you fully understand the stakes at every possible moment. And that's kind of like not the point of the show um but christy thanks thanks again for joining this week and we will yeah it was uh, fun have you back to talk more succession in a few weeks
1: absolutely we'd love to hopefully we'll have a lot of (laughs) shocking revelations and things to go over